Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everybody. And it's not a nightmare because Ron's looking after Paulie Six and Jan, and we send her her our very best wishes. So, tonight, at absolutely no expense whatsoever... We're joined by <laughs> by the co-host of Ghost Chronicles, the next generation, the blonde bombshell herself, and with no guaranteed, no interruptions from Ron. Good evening, Anne Carrigan. <laughs> Good evening. How Thank are you? you. <laughs> I'm wonderful. That was quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> no interruptions from Ron. That's going to be unique, hasn't it? it- you know, if we get through this whole show without him calling in, I, I, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'm going to send to Jan a huge bunch of flowers for this. <laughs> <laughs> this That's is a rare and unique opportunity. I can't recall this ever happening before. <laughs> well, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll, you know. Well, in the past, what is it, five or six years I've been co-hosting this show. I don't think I've ever finished a question. I believe it. And, of course, you've been his co-host on The Next Generation for even longer. Oh, good Lord. I know. Um, (laughs) I've lost track. Seven, eight, I don't know. I don't even know. He sent sent me a message earlier saying, what are you going to talk about on the show? And Uh I I was tempted to say, you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually, and I, I I messaged Steve this morning and I said, what shall we talk about on the show today? <laughs> I almost said we could rock, talk about Ron for an hour. <laughs> well, we could talk about Ron for a lot longer than an hour. But <laughs> but it, the poor man's not here to defend himself. He's looking That's at right. poorly St. Jan. Yes. So it would be it would be kind of cruel to kick him when he's down. Mm-hmm. I... He'd, do, he'd do it to either of us. This is true. No. <laughs> No, poor Ron. He has a good heart. He wouldn't beat us up much. He would. Maybe. <laughs> you know he would. Anyway, it's uh, a very rare opportunity that we, we get to, or I get to talk to you. I mean, obviously, when we do Spirit Quest together and occasionally when I come on to go to Chronicles the Next Generation, we get a chance to mm-hmm. talk, talk briefly with lots of interruptions. Yes. But you and I share a passion. Yes, we do. A passion not only for ghosts, which Mm -hmm. inevitably we'll get round to, but a passion (laughs) for trolling round old graveyards, which you call cemetery tripping. Yes, I do. I do. I kind of, yeah. That that, that title alone always intrigued me when I first heard it years ago. (laughs) Because I always imagined that you go into a cemetery, have a raging drunk and then fall over things. (laughs) No. I thought, why, I, I, do, why do they do that? <laughs> I try to do that sober. I do. It could be dangerous. You might fall in a hole. But it actually means just simply visiting, doesn't it? And exploring and yes. looking at it. Yes. I, 
Definitely. I understand why, because, you know, I, I also do it. But but what what drew you to cemeteries? What was the big attraction of spending time? In, I mean, so a lot of people might think it's quite macabre. I Many people do. I, I tell people that I take pictures in cemeteries and they look at me. You know, they give me the side eye like, what? Um, okay. And... I uh, I just fell in love with the artwork. I mean, I'm an artist at heart. I'm a face painter uh, on the side. And uh, in my day job, I, I edit. I work in a television studio, as you know. So I spend t- a lot of time editing uh, things and trying to be creative. You can only be so creative with meetings and, you know, concerts and things like that. But um, the cemeteries... I just kind of, I, I grew up near a cemetery and just always kind of took it in everyday life. And, you know, when I got older, I was out and, and looking at all the unique Puritan carvings and just everything just spoke to me, you know, as an artist. So Did that start it. off at, at a young age then? I <laughs> what, instead of playing with Barbie dolls, were you hanging around in cemetery? I was hanging out in the cemetery. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I lived on a busy street, and the cemetery was across the street. So I would take my bike over there and ride all the. Uh, it's a big cemetery, so I'd ride all the roads in the cemetery, and climb the trees with my friends, and uh, so it just was a place uh, where I was comfortable. Yeah, uh, I, I was fascinated when I first came over to the States and saw um, the differences. I mean, there's obviously a lot of similarities in cemeteries. You know, they're just big places where people are buried. But <laughs> Americans are much more respectful of cemeteries than we Brits are. Uh, really? There's been, there's been large spates of vandalism in a lot of our cemeteries in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, but even... Even that aside, um, they're still looked after as part of the community um, more more in America, and particularly in New England, where um, I, I guess you have probably the longest you know the longest history, um, right. as opposed to sort of the Midwest or the the, the West Coast, because obviously mm-hmm. didn't they settle it from the east to the west? Correct, correct. Um, it, there's there's people on the West Coast that are amazed uh, by the cemeteries that we have here. And they have completely different, they don't have the historical carvings like we do. Mm-hmm. Even though in England, uh, you have centuries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, many centuries are, most of centuries. Our cent- yeah, most of our cemeteries are older than your country. <laughs> right. Absolutely, absolutely. And I am humbled by the stones and the carvings that I, I don't even know how far back they go in. Um, uh, well, I, I, we, okay. we went, we went um, to uh, St. David's Cathedral uh, over the weekend with the boys. St. David's uh, is uh, one of Britain's, it, it is actually Britain's smallest city. It, it's tiny. I mean, you know, there's probably 500 people live there, but it's a city because it has a cathedral, and it's the it's the cathedral city of Wales. Um, and the church itself dates back to uh, well, well over 
1200, 1500 years. Right. Um, and inside there's, in fact, I said to, I said to my wife while we were there about how many saints are buried in here because you've got St. David, you've got, funny enough, we found the, we found the shrine to San Andreas, St. Andreas. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess maybe the Californians might want to come over and, um, but but some of the tombstones there, I was looking at the dates, um, and I was actually thinking of you while while I was walking around, and I noted some of the dates were obviously the 17th, 16th century, but there were there were several that dated back to the 11th and 12th century, and right. a, a group in the 13th and 14th century. Isn't that uh, crazy? But yeah, but I I, I kind of think that. It spoils it for us. We're spoiled by having it here. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 see so many old tombstones that we we tend to ignore them now. You know, it, right? Just I, take it for granted. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, most of most of our churchyards in the UK are uh, absolutely chock a block with Victorian. Um, to the mm-hmm. point where, where actually there was a news article uh, over here last week about uh, them running out of burial spaces in the UK. And wow. Having, and having to look again at policies for what to do with, you know, when we, when we die. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what do you do with the body? Um, there are still some ecologically, you know, there's this idea of burying people with a tree or burying them in wicker caskets or mm-hmm. in these forests ideas that they've got now. Uh, but com- but the, the community churchyards and the graveyards and cemeteries um, are apparently were running out of space. I would believe that. Um, Literally. I mean, you, go, you go up to Edinburgh, for example, and there there's a very famous churchyard, the Churchyard of St. Giles, which is where... Um, uh, that wee scabby dog was, what was his name? Greyfriars Bobby? Yes, right. And um, there, apparently, I, what you do see over here, uh, I, I, I hadn't noticed it in America, but maybe maybe you've noticed the same thing, is around the, the cemetery um, is a usually a high-retaining wall, and then inside it, the ground inside this, the churchyard is very much higher than the surrounding ground outside the churchyard. And the reason for that is because they're stacked so high. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got maybe ten or fifteen feet of bodies wow. stacked up inside the churchyard. Uh-huh. Um, you know, particularly the you know the the older the churchyard, the higher the stack of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we use those those words, don't we? Churchyard and graveyard and cemetery. I mean, what are the differences? Well, in my what's the, what's the cemetery and what's the graveyard. I mean, right. I mean, just just to talk for a for a moment about the stacking of the bodies, mm. you don't see that really here. Uh, the Native Americans did that. Uh, they would actually have uh, hills uh, in the in the West more so than here, but that's what they did. Is they, as the people would die, they would stack them up and cover them over and stack them up and cover them over. But the Native Americans didn't use markers, but that you would have these burial mounds. Mm-hmm. So I can see, you know, this happening, obviously, uh, you cramp for space, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you just build a wall around it. Uh, I don't see it a lot in this area, where I live in uh on the east coast so 
But as far as the graveyards and the cemeteries, so originally you had the immediately outside the church where the people would be buried. And, and actually, mm-hmm. they used to bury people, and I, I know that they've done this in England too, beneath the church. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our, our churches are full of... Um, right. Under, underneath the floor. Yeah, they, don't right. dig. Don't dig. Right. <laughs> but that's how it started. But then they realized, well, we're not going to have enough room. Everybody can't be buried underneath the church. So then we had the graveyard adjacent to the church. And I know... Uh, you know, they call that a kirkyard, too, in the mm-hmm. UK. And then that started to get kind of unwieldy and, and out of hand. So you might have had a, a graveyard that was not attached to the church in, in a, an area further away. And then it became, well, they used to have it sometimes in the main common of the town. Mm-hmm. And the cows were running around in there, and people were walking around in there, and, and it wasn't working out so well, and they felt it was depressing. So then we had our, the birth of our cemeteries, where you put them outside the town, so people didn't have to look upon these, these dead people every day. So I think that's the kind of the evolution Right. of how that happened. And then eventually that also, at least here in America, it went from being a place where it was depressing, you didn't really want to go. But then in the late 1700s into the early 1800s, they started having the garden cemeteries. And they were beautiful and they had beautiful trees and flowers and pathways and it became a place to take a picnic and go go visit you know grandma grace or and have a picnic and make a day of it so it's a big evolution for sure yeah but it's interesting you talk about that 18th century development and these garden cemeteries because i was i was going to uh, ask you whether there was any similarity in america to ancient well, they, they've died out here now but there used to be quite a lot of british customs that related to um the cemetery was actually part of the local uh, village life mm-hmm. um and they would hold festivals and they would hold celebrations and commemorations and integrate the dead into the world of the living um, you know, these these tended to die out towards the the beginning of the 18th century, but there was a lot of um, May Day celebrations. There was a lot of uh, community celebrations and uh, festivals that took place actually in the graveyard, mm-hmm. uh, in the churchyard, mm-hmm. um, integrating the dead to the living. But you you kind of uh, partially answered that when you talked about the garden cemetery idea and this idea right. of going into the cemetery and using it as a public space. Mm-hmm. Because around the same time that you were doing that over here, we were starting to address this idea of what do we do with dead people? Right. And we had the the advent of the first of these, you may have heard the word, the, the necropolis, um, mm-hmm. which were a mass industrial cemetery. Uh, you know, it was almost they had to deal with the likes of the, the sheer size of London um, in, in, right. uh, in with respect to the rest of the country. 
mm. and and you know the sheer right. number of people that were dying there every year. Imagine, uh, right. and they they were running out of space to bury people. And people, you know, what one of the solutions was to establish these large, uh, almost industrial-like cemeteries on the outskirts of London. Uh, one one of them uh, famously had its own railway station. Oh uh, my goodness! <laughs> I, I mean, I think that was Highgate, or it might have been uh, one of the others. But there was this. Uh, so as 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 we were moving away from this idea of the communal graveyard, um, it towards a sort of industrial cemetery, the, um, America was coming the opposite way around. By the sound of it, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. quite intriguing. I also right. noticed when I was over there, um, you have a lot of. Uh, this is what I was talking about respect before. Um, there's a lot of... I visited the, the cemetery in Newburyport last, last time I was over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it was uh, with Ron. And um, he wandered off, so I had the place of his hill. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of... He went one way around the hill, I went the other. <laughs> uh-huh. He had some peace and quiet. <laughs> deliberate, I can assure you. <laughs> lost him for a whole half hour. Oh, <laughs> But I mean, uh, it was the idea. You, know, you could see that they were still. You know, many of the graves were very well attended. Um, there were obviously with the the veterans' graves in particular. There were you know, small flags, mm-hmm. um, and what, what I've also noticed is as you drive past the the cemeteries, you will often see a plaque, uh, usually on a pole, giving you the date: um, 1628, 1670, 1750. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Again, we we don't have anything similar to that over here. Really, uh, we, there is nothing uh, that's similar. We have we have cemeteries, obviously, but you will you know we will find a simple plaque somewhere near the entrance saying no ball games, no no going in after dark, no digging up the dead bodies. Um, <laughs> but there won't be any any marker uh, that relates to the date. And I think that's the difference between what one of the major differences I've noticed between. Uh, particularly East Coast America and the UK, is this uh, is this um, respect uh, or reverence? I think reverence for the past. Perhaps. Sometimes, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have vandalism as well, um, but it, maybe there's more shock. Uh, when it happens, I mean, I I know I get infuriated. Uh, and I, I, we do, it, it depends where you are. We have a lot of cemetery preservationists in this area, and it, it all depends on how much money uh, the town ends up with to do this and <laughs> how well organized it is, like anything else. And uh, I really, I get mad if I go to a cemetery and, and it's in rundown condition or there isn't an identifying sign outside of it. Because when I'm photographing a cemetery, that the first thing I do is I find the entrance to the cemetery, something that has the name on it. Yeah. Because I'm very apt if I'm out and about and I've made a day of it, I'm going to go visit numerous cemeteries. So that's my separator my marker so I know where I am when I look at the photos later but it, it's it's fairly common that you have some kind of identifying marker outside the cemetery and I like to be able to 
find the history and you know on our uh, our live Ghost Chronicles Next Generation shows. I always yeah, do yeah. a I've little piece. That. That's, that's cool. Called Cemetery Tripping, and I pick a cemetery that I've been to, and I share my photos, and I try and give a little bit of the history. And if somebody famous is buried there, or even just what kind of unusual carvings they have there. So it's it depends where you are. <laughs> yeah, as I mean, well you're talking I about the East and West Coast before, and famous people. I was watching... Um, one of these YouTube adventurers, and he was visiting some of the uh, West Coast cemeteries around Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and uh, were some very, very famous A-list uh, actors and actresses from oh. the sixties, fifties, forties are buried. Hollywood forever, and they've got next to no form of real memorial. No, and that astonished me. They were all in little regimented rows with little one foot by one foot square concrete plaques. Right. Right. With just a name and a date. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, you know, I was looking at them thinking, that's your Brenner, and that's, you know, Cary Grant, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, I, Marilyn Monroe did have quite a major um, tomb, but none of the others really rated anything on the West Coast. It's, it, yeah. Uh, Even, thought, yeah. yeah. You could be a big major star and, and just have a very simple grave marker and and again you know now think about how big los angeles is uh-huh. i've never been but i know it's 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 horrible. uh horrible. it's 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 a, it's a large place LA, i'm sorry but it's horrible yeah <laughs> it's a large place it is. i know that so space is a consideration there and you know yes small simple little plots and they, I mean, they have, they ha- also at Hollywood Forever, they have uh, concerts, they have a, you know, a big stage area. So because it's Hollywood, uh, we're going to do that there too. But I, I know. They tend to focus very much on the living and the now, don't they? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> whereas, you know, once you're gone, your history and yeah, there's a small marker over there and you can have a sto- you can have a star on that boulevard and that's your lot. Right. And, and they done. have. Yeah, and I mean, they have the columbariums out there, too, which is all the ashes, so a lot of people go that route. And then you just have a little drawer, basically, with a plaque. (laughs) They put you in, they open the drawer and pour you in and put you back. (laughs) You spend spend eternity in an old cupboard. Right! (laughs) In a filing cabinet. Completely <laughs> filed away forever. Agreed, and and uh, you know we don't have a lot of those here, those those columbariums. I'm I'm seeing more of them, but not not as huge as something like that. So <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. But, I'm surprised uh, about lack of space on the west coast. I mean, they've got that huge desert. Yeah, you'd think so, it, right? I they could mummify them. <laughs> I could, that could be, you know, if you're listening in L.A., mummify them. <laughs> Think of the legacy you'll be leaving for future generations of cemetery trips. Roll them out to the desert and just yeah. like kind yeah, of the, Egyp- the Egyptians, I mean, you know, the technology exists. The Egyptians mm-hmm. have been doing it for millennia. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Stick exactly. in the sand, put an apple in their mouth, take them up 3,000 years time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then... You know, and I, I, I don't. I know we're coming up on the break, so I don't I want know, to watch the clock. <laughs> much, but um, 
down in New Orleans, they have their they lean towards that. But let's go to break and maybe we can talk about that when we get back. All right. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, starring the Blonde Bombshell and Kerrigan and the, the Gold Standard in Ghost Hunting and a Ron Free Knight. Ron's playing nursemaid to Paulie St. Jan. We'll join you after the break. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles. Where am I? <laughs> the other one. <laughs> the other Ghost Chronicles. I'm so sorry. Uh, with <laughs> the Blonde Bombshell filling in for Ron this afternoon. And, of course, Steve Parsons. And here we are. <laughs> sorry. I got lost for a minute. I'm like, what Ghost Chronicles am I on? <laughs> I wonder how Ron copes sometimes with three of them. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, this is afternoon, international edition, right? Okay. Yes, we're the international, international. edition. Well, so we're, international folks. Yeah, so we're in the afternoon in the U.S., but, of course, it's yes. dark and it's cold okay. and it's raining here in the U.K. because it's nighttime. Oh, sorry. It's yeah. a beautiful, cold, sunny day here in New England. But well, We've had a lovely day, but now because we're five hours, we've got a five-hour head start on, on the end of the world. That's right. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah, it's night time where you are. So that's it, fine. Well, I've been sipping a gin. Well, actually, no. Tonight I've been I've been an espresso cocktail. Ooh, 
that sounds it's actually yeah my wife found it for me um it's an espresso cocktail and do you know what it's really nice yummy except it's can't have too many good. and then you won't sleep <laughs> well that's a risk i'm willing to take <laughs> Well, normally it's it's four double gins to deal with Ron, so mm, mm-hmm. I, I scaled it back. You scaled it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't have my wine because I'm still at work, so uh, I'll have that later. Ah. I'll, I'll raise a glass later. The cool thing is, I actually know where you where you're speaking from because um, I visited um, the studios for, to do the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation TV show. Yes, so, right. you did. So, I know exactly where you are. That's right. Well, I still claim, my claim to fame is I did the very first one. Yes, you did. You you were our very first guest. And I nearly broke the angel. Oh, no. (laughs) Not my angel. No, you didn't hit her. You didn't hit her. I nearly did. I nearly knocked her down when when I leapt to my feet when the camera lights went out. (laughs) (laughs) And we all yelled at him, sit down. Sit down. We don't do that here. (laughs) And then there was the, um, why is your microphone upside down? It's not, it's the British way. We mount our microphones pointing downwards, the BBC way. Or we mount them the other way up. Yes, we do. Anyway, back to cemeteries, because you're also a ghost hunter. Yes. Yes. And, of course, cemeteries, more so in, much more so in America, Mm-hmm. are notably haunted, whereas over here, our ghosts don't seem to bother with cemeteries anymore, um, mm-hmm. or or people don't hunt for ghosts in cemeteries. Um, right. Yet they, you know, it, it's very, very popular in America. You've got a very famous, I mean, I, I think every ghost hunter out there knows the Bachelor's Grove photograph, the infrared oh, yes. photograph, the... Right. Uh, I don't know, angelic-looking lady sitting right. sort of looking forlorn and lonesome and mm-hmm. all romantic on the grave and infrared that was have to take back in the beginning of the 1990s. And, uh, I mean, I think everybody knows or should know the story of Bachelor's Grove. If you're listening and don't, I'm not going to put a link on it because you can Google Bachelor's <laughs> Grove Cemetery, Illinois, and <laughs> find the ghost photo for yourself. It's it's kind of like a little project that you can do. It's an interactive part of Ghost Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google it yourself tonight. We're not going to make it easy for you. No. But as someone who spends a great deal of time in cemeteries and who is also a ghost hunter, have you combined the two in any way? You know, actually, I have not. I, I don't know. I, I, honestly... I feel like a cemetery, I'm just going to say it, I think a cemetery is kind of a dumb place to go investigating. It's not up my alley. Um, I, I just feel like if I was a ghost, why would I be haunting my grave? Yeah. It's just my personal opinion. Don't beat no, me up, yeah, folks, but it's no, just... It, it strikes me as entirely sensible. The last place it, I would want to hang around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in my case, in my case, because I enjoyed spending ah. time in cemeteries, maybe I would, maybe I would come back and haunt my my uh, my grave. But I don't know. I just I've I've never investigated in a cemetery. Uh, plenty of plenty of houses and mansions and whatever, but not the cemetery. 
Not the cemetery. No, it's not very common over here. Uh, mm. Maybe that's because our cemeteries are quite close to the churches or, you know, because the country's physically smaller, they're much more close to civilization and being overlooked by houses. So people would, you know, people right. more likely get police called. Call the police, call but, the police, right. No real desire. I remember as a kid, we used to go looking for ghosts in the cemetery. Oh, well, that, but yeah. That's that, not the same thing. Yeah, that was yeah, a that dare. Wasn't, yeah, that wasn't meaningfully investigating. <laughs> no. Uh, no. But no, you no. see quite a lot of it. You know, when I'm looking at American ghost hunting, uh, ghost hunting groups' websites, mm-hmm. I do see quite a lot of adventures in cemeteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they, they seem to feature regularly on their itinerary. I agree with things yeah. that those groups do, whereas... I, I don't know. Maybe the weather's more clement over there. You can spend time outdoors photographing orbs and cemeteries mm-hmm. than you can here in the UK. Um, maybe because it, it rains a lot more and it's colder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want I don't to do think. It. Yeah, I think we have a little better weather conditions for doing that, but it it's not up my alley, really, as a ghost hunter. As a ghost hunter. No, but. it never really struck me as. You know, I remember speaking. We we were visiting Borley uh, Churchyard once, um, about five, seven or eight years ago, and we were spending the night at on the rectory site, the Borley rectory site, and um, the re- the vicar of the church, which itself has got many many uh, ghostly uh, tales attached to it, mm-hmm. turned up. Um, he knew we were there. He'd come specifically to see us. <laughs> and I asked him, I asked him about the ghosts of the church because the, there are there are some quite interesting recordings that were made in the church um, about thirty, forty years ago. Uh, these these strange sounds that were recorded by an investigation group who left recorders overnight in there. And uh, I said to him, "Well, you know, as as the vicar, as the incumbent, have you know, have you yourself had any experiences?" And he was extremely dismissive. Really? His response was, well, you know, it's a churchyard. They're all, you know, there's no ghosts in the churchyard. And and brushed the question aside. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously, that wasn't something he, an idea he subscribed to. So mm-hmm. uh, there was no there was no point in pursuing that line of questioning any further. Right, uh, right. But it does seem to be very much more popular in the U.S. than it does it in the It definitely is. I would agree with that. Definitely. So how did you end up as a ghost hunter then? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> that was purely... uh Horrible question. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean, I was always interested in ghosts and the paranormal uh, growing up. Always, always believed, always was a fan of a great ghost story or, oh, my goodness, that did you know that house is haunted? And then, but it wasn't really until... The Ghost Hunters, and actually, before I watched the Ghost Hunter, Hunter Ghost Hunters, I watched uh, Britain's Most Haunted, and that was actually what got me interested. And then the Ghost Hunters came out, and I thought, "Huh, I would like to do that myself." So I formed a team, and we had T-shirts made because that's what you do, and <laughs> uh, we. We started, and I just happened to have a friend uh, that I went to high school with, actually, Mike Markowitz, and... Uh, oh, yeah, EVP Mike. Right, EVP Mike. And he was into he was into EVPs way before... Sorry, I gave that away then, didn't I? 
Yes, yeah. His, name, his nickname that I only know him as he, I know him obviously his proper name EVP Mike, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've always I've, uh, referred to him as EVP Mike. Right. For right. that for that reason. He had, he had been doing it, that. Yeah. I suppose it could be Wormery Mike, though, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's not an in-house joke, folks. Mike Markovitz um, has uh, a serious passion for developing Wormeries. Yes. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. He's a worm farmer. Yes. Because, uh, you know. Electronic voice phenomena and worm and farming. Worms. And worms, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to get him on this show. Ron, make a note if you're listening. Get oh, Mike God. Markovitz on and we'll do a show on worms. Oh, God. <laughs> He would talk your ear off about the worms. Trust me. me. That would be a cool thing. Electronic voice phenomena and worms. And worms. I call him Farmer Mike now because he has the the worms. You know, there's good money to be made in the castings, apparently. So, (laughs) hey, go figure. Well, he has written a landmark book on, I mean, we're coming slightly off the subject of ghosts, but Mike has written quite a a notable book on the subject of electronic voice phenomena, hasn't he, which is uh, available on Amazon, I understand. I believe it's still available on Amazon, yes. People can go look that one up. Again, it's a second interactive project of the night. Right, right. Um, EVP, it's just called EVP electronic voice phenomena, I believe, Uh, but... It, it's Mark, Markowitz, M-A-R-K-O-W-I-C-Z. So look him up. Hey. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good guy. And it's a good book. And it well is a good book. Read. Yes. Well and it know. even has a, it has a CD in the back where you can listen to some of his best, his best EVP recordings, which is different. <laughs> yeah. My top 10 hits. My top 10 hits, right? So I wanted to get back to yeah, right before we went to the break. It's okay. We were talking about how the bodies put the bodies out in the desert and they'll just mummify. Mm-hmm. But in New Orleans, and there's a very famous cemetery there where Marie Laveau uh, is buried, the voodoo priestess. And But what they have, because they're below sea level, they have tombs. They don't have, nobody's buried you're put into a tomb. Right. And it's so hot there. Basically, it's like the, the, the bodies bake like in an oven and they turn to ash. Oh, wow. So I, I just wanted to mention that because I just think that is a really interesting concept. So you have the ashes of your ancestors. You have your family tomb. And that's but where you go. Kind of more dry roasted, aren't they? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A little salt and shake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's just another way. That's just another way to go. And and John actually asked me in the chat room on TogiNet. He said, uh, "Does cemetery age or wear wear and tear? Would you consider that vandalism as well?" I I don't. I wouldn't consider it vandalism. I would consider that neglect, uh, because there's a lot of things that local municipalities can do about their graveyards and their cemeteries. And sometimes they don't. They just ignore it. They just ignore it and they let them fall apart. So vandalism now, slash neglect. Yeah. Now be honest with me, Anne. Mm-hmm. Doesn't a slightly derelict, slightly neglected graveyard look far more romantic <laughs> than one that's been polished and Yes. Yeah. I mean Absolutely. a little overgrown ivy right. and the odd cracked stone tumbled yes. into the you know into the undergrowth 
That is very true. I would it, agree it, with that. Yeah, but it, 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 and it's more photogenic. Yes, every time. Oh, I, I was. I, I sent you the photographs. I think last year um, we were in Anglesey uh, last summer on holiday with the boys, yes. and um, we visited a sixth-century church, oh. um, and it had the most Gothic graveyard I have ever been in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was St. Caradoc's Church on the Isle of Anglesey, and it, it truly was. Uh, we were there early evening, and it was it was a damp, rainy, overcast evening. Um, and there was the walls and the, the, you know, everything was thick with ivy and there were low-hanging yew trees and there was bits of wrought iron sticking out at weird angles. It was it was like the set of an Edgar Allan Poe movie. <laughs> uh, and while we were there, it, you know, there was even this sort of low-cloud mist rolling in. As well. Oh, my God. It was you had pure. Everything. It, yeah, it, it was. It was the most gothic experience. Uh, whether I captured it on camera, I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a truly gothic experience. But coming back to mummies again, we're not short of a few over here, this side of the Atlantic, particularly in Ireland, really? uh, up in Dublin. Uh, there's a there's a famous church. There. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, St Michael's or St Michael's, St Michael's, I think it is. Um, and they've got uh, they had a sort of a kind of unique geology underneath um, the church, which was built on top of an old. Uh, sort of stone quarry or excavation, and the conditions were uh, near perfect for mummifying the bodies. Oh my god! And, and then when they when they uh, excavated the the uh, or were doing some repair work um, in the church, I think it was in the Victorian era. They discovered that. The bodies that had been buried beneath the church in this uh, sort of pecu- peculiar landscape that existed um, had all mummified themselves, and now it's a tourist attraction. God, wow! <laughs> so, so yeah, you can go down there and you can you can see the mummies. Some of them are apparently eight hundred years old. Um, That's amazing. Uh, But it's been the, uh, I think it was also supposed to have been linked to a visit uh, by Bram Stoker, who went to the church. I remember seeing a sort of a plaque or a a notice saying that uh, that young Bram Stoker had visited because obviously he had Irish uh, connections Mm -hmm. um, and that he'd been inspired by uh, or his morbid streak had been sparked into life by seeing these mummies underneath this church in Dublin. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> that's very different mm-hmm. wow i hadn't i hadn't heard of that the so there's a third prayer we're giving them tonight the mummies of st Michael's dublin or just type in mummies of dublin church that'll, i'm sure that'll find it um but yeah it's a cool place hmm. i've never uh, heard of that i'll have to look that up myself full of dusty old bodies <laughs> do you when you're when you're traveling around i Coming back to ghosts again, but we're not. Oh, when we're tra- when you're traveling around in the churchyards, um, have you ever found anything lying on the surface? No, no. I, you know, I I have not personally, but let me tell you, uh, my future son-in-law, his father works for the city of Boston in uh, many of of their cemeteries. And he has actually, on occasion, had things 
that he has found <laughs> when you've had, you know, storms and erosions and, and things like, you know, damage. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a sinkhole appear or whatever. And he, he has told me that he's seen different things sticking out of the ground. <laughs> I ask because it's quite common here, particularly in the older churchyards. Really? Uh, I know. I've never seen anything like that. Thank you. <laughs> What happens is the rabbits and the moles tend to dig them up. Oh! Uh, so they throw bits of person out of the the rabbit <laughs> hole or the mole burrow, or um, and there's there's you know, there's even one or two uh, churchyards I know of where there's a small box normally at one side or other of the churchyard with a small mm-hmm. cover over it where they put the bits. Ew! And then, you know, periodically they sort of rebury them somewhere else. Uh, God, yeah, they all get a bit muddled up. Oh, uh, oh, that's terrible. But again, it, it comes down to this problem of a lot of them are so overcrowded and so old that they're literally running out. And unless they came across, we you know, with skitfuls of fresh earth and <laughs> made it another ten feet high and started <laughs> all over again. Um, they, they, you know, particularly around the coastal cemeteries or in areas where the soil is sandy or erodes due to right. rainfall or river action, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they do tend to pop out. In fact, one of the cases going sort of linking to ghosts was the, I, I may have, I, you may have heard me mention the Camelot shipyard, um, which, which is up on uh, near Liverpool. And it's, it, it, it's haunted uh, by uh, a number of figures but we we were we were taking a bet on whether any of them would be a monk because when they were building the churchyard when they were building the first of the dry docks in the early uh, 19th century they cut through uh, to make the to make the dry dock they cut through an 11th century monk's graveyard uh, uh, straight so. through it straight straight down one side of it and sort of carted all the stuff off and dumped it and then put this That's shipyard and where they exposed the cut, um, even today, after very heavy rain, you still get bits of old monk washing out of oh. the cut. <laughs> monk bits. Monk yeah, bits. Monk, monk bits washing oh. out of the cut. And they were, I mean, it, it's, it's very uncommon now, but it was surprisingly common in the early part of the 19th century. Um, right. And we were... We were speculating as to, you know, we wouldn't have been at all surprised, as, you know, uh, if, if the, the ghost story was related to monks. But well, we, were, we were even more surprised when they didn't. That, that uh, right. You know, the monks lost their parts and they want them back. So uh, they're Can hanging I out. They, I should have added, they didn't until Most Haunted went there. And then they did. <laughs> <laughs> Because we might have mentioned it. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Nobody had ever mentioned it until that program went there. Mm. What a surprise! Isn't that funny? Isn't mm. that? Funny? You know, and and here uh, we had uh, in Massachusetts, where I live, they made a reservoir. They call it the Quabbin Reservoir, and it became it's the drinking water for Boston you know, the Boston area and surrounding uh, areas. So when they made this Quabbin Reservoir, they had to, they took by eminent domain five or six towns, small towns out in central Massachusetts. And they, the people had to leave. All right, we're going to make 
we're going to put your town underwater. So you, you need to leave. You need to move. I don't know whether the people got reimbursed or, or how that worked. Uh, so, and they made this reservoir. Well, in these towns, you also had graveyards. You had all these cemeteries. So supposedly, the state of Massachusetts took and dug everybody up out of all these graveyards and reinterred them in the Quabbin Reservoir. It's the Quabbin Cemetery. It's a huge cemetery from all these towns. But there's been a documentary that was done, and divers have gone down, and you can still see all the, the gravestones at the bottom of the reservoir, and you have to wonder, do they really move those people? <laughs> um, not so sure that all those people made it out of there. So well, We have the same in the UK as well. Yeah. Um, particularly in Wales, because Wales being a hilly, wet part of the UK um, was commandeered for a lot of reservoirs in the early 20th century, and a lot of towns disappeared underwater. Right. And um, a lot of bodies were left behind. I believe it. I believe and, uh, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, that, you know, everybody was assured that everything was done to... Oh, of course. Yeah, relocate the bodies. But wasn't that the whole basis of the, of the Poltergeist movie? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. They, they built this housing... It wasn't this... a reservoir, but it was a housing estate, wasn't it? And you didn't move the engines! Right. Right. <laughs> Just put the houses over them. Yeah, that's going to cause trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, we have a I, we have a housing developed in East, in East Bridgewater, and I know that they went over Native American burial sites. So, but I haven't heard about any hauntings. But you never know. Well, I, I guess we're kind of fortunate in the UK because I mean I wouldn't like to live anywhere near a Native American burial site. From mm-hmm. you know from what's having read several Stephen King novels. <laughs> 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 they are places to be avoided at all costs. Uh, yes. There's nothing yep. more vengeful than a, than a, a buried Native American. And a mad Indian. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got plenty of old burial sites, uh, you know, some of them going back 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, these burial mounds and cairns and chambers and barrows and... Um, and yeah, you know, some of them you can you can visit today and go inside and look at this you know these sort of five thousand year old stone carvings and right. uh, but they don't seem to be particularly vengeful, which is a good thing. <laughs> That's good. And I mean look at the catacombs down in uh yeah. Paris. You can walk through there with all the skulls and the bones yeah. and well, That's... they made art out of them though, didn't they? They they turned the dead being dead into an art form. Right. She would appreciate being an artist. Yes. I would love to get in there. Yeah. That, that would be amazing. I mean, I've seen the pictures, and uh, I know our friend Jeff Belanger has been in there uh, numerous times. And Lucky to get out, by all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the legends tell of people going into the Paris catacombs, don't they, and then disappearing forever. You know, they're, they're following a, a line of cotton thread, and the line breaks, <laughs> and they're never seen again. <laughs> but they just throw them in there with the rest of the skulls. It's well, I okay. hope Jeff comes out because he's due at Spirit Quest this year, along with you and I. Yes, yes. And no doubt that bloody iguana. The old marijuana. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope we leave her home. But I think she's in his office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll try it. We'll try her out again. You can't Google the iguana, folks. Don't even try it. It's an in-house joke. No. 
It's yeah. <laughs> don't don't try. It's not even. It'll probably bring up pictures from Spirit last year's Spirit Quest. So. <laughs> mm, <that's true. laughs> but Spirit Quest, the fall of 2018, and we've got two minutes to sell tickets. Yes. <laughs> 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 yes, we have a very busy Spirit Quest this year. And, we do. Uh, He's put together a really good package this year. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. We're going to have Dylan Jones, right? He's going to come. Yeah, we're going to be um, we're going to be doing a live Teller of Curious Tales. Oh. So, so if you're a fan of uh, the Teller of Curious Tales, we've got another episode, I think, next week. Um, but if you're a, t- a fan of the Teller of Curious Tales, you're going to miss a live. Oh. Then you better get there. Yeah, you, you get to get meet there. the teller of curious tales and see a live, uh, a live edition. And you're doing, um, you've got a talk on on tonight's subject by yeah. a weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Where we're, I'm going to do a little interactive instead of just having a little lecture, which I find boring myself, and I hate to put people to sleep. So. Thanks. We're going to do do a little interactive business, and I'm going to have pictures of gravestone carvings with just a name, and you have to tell me how the people died and how they lived and when they lived and and all that good stuff. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So a little bit of psychometry and just uh, mediumship, right? (laughs) Well, I don't know, because I've just got two boring talks, so... Just two boring talks. Well, yeah. You can put them to sleep then. I will. I don't want to be held responsible for that. Because <laughs> uh, the, the, the general theme is in search of, isn't it? So um, yes. I'm going in search of my other passion, which is the Loch Ness Monster. Ooh. Um, somewhere I've been many, many times up to Loch Ness. And also looking for time slips, which is something that uh, and, and Winsper and I have studied on and off down the years. But if people want to check out your cemetery pictures quickly, how can they do that in the last five seconds? Hop on Facebook and go to Cemetery Tripping. That's my go. page. And we hope that St. Jan is better yes, soon and that Ron's really back in the hot seat. Maybe the week after next. I kind of enjoyed tonight. I did too. Thank you so much for having me on as your co-host. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and to all of you out there listening in the wild world of Ghost Chronicles, all of the editions, good night, God bless. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.